0: What Should I Think About is a podcast that sets off on a lofty goal to make sense of the complicated, contradictory, confusing but wonderful thing we call the world. Hello and welcome to the What Should I Think About podcast. I'm Celine.
1: And I'm Stephen. So what are we talking about today, Celine?
0: Um well, rather than just one word, it's does belief matter or do people's belief beliefs matter? Believes, beliefs.
1: Yeah, so let's let's do it in the style of a watchtower article. Beliefs, do they matter? Or yes, beliefs?
0: ours. End of article. <laughs>
1: <laughs> beliefs, what should we think about them? Yes. Beliefs, what um... should we
0: think? What we tell you to. <laughs> <of>. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly. So, um, so yeah, we, I mean, our our whole thing is about beliefs in a way. You know, what should we think about this or what should we think about that? Um, ultimately, I suppose depending on how you define the word belief, ultimately we kind of tend to do what we believe to be the appropriate thing at any given time based upon our beliefs about truths or our truths of the world, if you like, how we see the world, how we believe it it works. Yeah, um,
0: I suppose in my head belief um, in these circumstances is a bit more like uh, spiritual worldview Esque kind of yeah. thing. That's
1: why I'm going. Yeah, with. yeah. So if you look at the general, uh, the rather than your specific definition.
0: individual things per thing, because we all have beliefs, or as I call them, opinions um, on things. But um, when I think belief, it's a bit more general, overarching your belief, your your way of viewing things. I suppose it
1: can be. It can be that it can mean, as you said, just just things that you think are true. You know, like. We have lots of beliefs about sun coming up in the morning, and um, some but is that some... a
0: belief or just a fact, Dad?
1: Well, <laughs> the sun I think rises
0: every morning,
1: it's a fact, um, that we experience that, but I think we have a belief that that is going to happen, mm. um, so based upon our experience or based upon science or based upon religious dogma or whatever we end up with a set of beliefs about the world don't we and um, so some of those beliefs might be rooted in experience some of them might be rooted in science uh, what the people tell us Uh, they might be a feeling Um, so beliefs I think, can be quite broad. They're anything that we think is true, essentially. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you're right in terms of when we talk about beliefs on this show, we're, we're normally talking about more overarching sorts of worldviews. I think I we think can that's probably... that's what
0: we're doing somewhat today, isn't it? Somewhat,
1: say. but I'd like to expand that a little bit into beliefs about ourselves as well, because I think there's an okay. element there that's quite interesting.
0: Well, that'll be you, and then me, okay. I'll be doing something. I'll be... I'm 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 sticking with what I said.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's absolutely a hundred percent Coolio. it's
0: my homework, and I've done it, then <laughs> I won't be changing it.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we we said we set each other a bit of a task, didn't we, to mm-hmm. to find some groups that had what we might consider to be very unorthodox beliefs. Let's call them it's um, charitable.
0: So yes, we'll yeah, go with
1: that unorthodox beliefs, and at the heart of this, Celine. I'm, I've been struggling for a while now to kind of know what to think about this whole question. So it's apt that we talk about it on this podcast. Um, the problem is, is, and I talked about this on our last patron call, um, which incidentally we need to arrange our next one for our patrons. So if you want to be part of that, become a patron. Um, but trying to work out in my own mind – you know about having guests on who let's say have very strong religious beliefs and that's helped them to leave a cult for instance and on the one hand i think great that's helped them to leave a cult but on the other i might feel quite strongly that maybe some of their beliefs aren't based in any sort of scientific evidence or any any real good evidence at all but is that for me to decide and does it really matter what people believe? Should I respect everybody's beliefs? Should we respect people's beliefs or not? Um, so there's a whole bunch of questions around this that I'm personally trying to struggle with and trying to come to a conclusion about. So this is one of the, a real genuine, um, I'm in a bit of a quandary about knowing how to approach this. Who should we have on as guests in terms of their own beliefs and how that's helped them in their journey. So that's the backdrop of this from my perspective and we thought it'd be quite nice to look to sort of push that as far as we can by looking up some really strange beliefs some cultic beliefs probably that really are pushing it right out there what should we think about those so you've done a a bit of research I've done a bit of research we've got some to share with you so in a way we'll start with some of that interesting stuff, Uh, I suppose in some respects traditional cult podcast stuff, because we don't normally do this, we don't normally go and look at all these different weird cults, Um, but we're going to do a bit of that today, and then we'll get into the more philosophical stuff after that. Before we finish, remind me, Celine, I need to talk about a quite important thing that Faith to Faithless are doing, which is a program run by Humanist UK, and they are looking for volunteers to help them with a um, a new initiative, so I'll I'm flagging that up now to make sure that we don't forget to do that before the end. So, what did you find when you did your research on unorthodox beliefs?
0: Um, well, I knew about this a bit anyway, so I thought I'll just research it properly. Yep. So, um, I've looked into two kind of groups uh one that's definitely hitting that cult criteria and one that's a yeah. bit more wibbly I guess in in okay. its um, or nebulous in how term. you would yeah nebulous is, um in how you would describe it so then the more nebulous one is the fruitarian um, okay,
1: fruitarians
0: yeah they're a group okay. um but the one that's definitely culty, in the way that we discuss it, I would say is the Bretharians. Um, so tell us about the Bretharians. Do you remember
1: I, re- I do. I remember you showing me this stuff before. And thinking, but do you
0: remember it at all, like when it was happening more? Because it no. happened, it was a thing in the 80s oh, when it sort of okay. started and it was big oh, in the 80s it. and 90s. Um, was it especially. acceptable in the 80s? It wasn't acceptable, but it was happening. Um, and also in the 90s and it was uh, bigger in the US, I think, than anywhere but it was a thing that was happening because i thought it was just like odd random weirdos that weren't attached to each other in any way mm. they just sort of were calling themselves this and it was a term that was getting used but it's actually like there's actually a movement and a group and right. leader and everything so do you want me to tell
1: us about, about it then that? yeah
0: please yeah yeah so it's actually been in the news again a bit recently How um because yeah well because um there's been more talks about the the leader who is died now but how he was spotted eating um because the thing that he do- would um say is that humans don't need to eat or drink we actually just need air and sunshine to be fine and basically he calls it passive inhalation or cosmic micro dust is all you need to live off um okay yeah so, so all I, I need
1: his- is the air that i breathe and, and the sun. cosmic inhalation. Yeah. And what?
0: Micro dust. <laughs> so I didn't
1: quite scan. So the Hollies were best, uh, better doing it the way they did yeah, it. Yeah. But, but okay. Met,
0: so basically, this is what he was saying it's to keep you slim, but also expand your spiritual horizons. Um, and the reason it's sort of come up again a bit recently is that I think in 2013, um, Michelle Pfeiffer, OG Catwoman said that she was a member of this movement and that it yeah believed that humans could exist without food um, or water, just existing on the sun and air alone. Also, it was a thing that he actually did. So the creator of it is called Wiley Brooks. Um, and he... Okay. Yeah, he... Um, Sorry,
1: that just sounds like a made-up name, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> well, I know, but Wiley Brooks. Um, and yeah, he claimed to have fasted for 19 years straight and encouraged others to do the same and said things like the human body when it's in perfect harmony with itself and nature is a perfect breatharian Um, and he also stated that eating is an acquired habit like alcohol or smoking cigarettes um, and that mums don't need to feed their babies Um, they can just you know with milk or anything like that uh, if you know because babies are born with the innate ability to be Brefarians because they've not formed these habits yet. So this is when we get into it's It's already dangerous. But um, mm. uh, the reason as well, it seems culty, is he does set up like groups and things like that. And um members went three times a week and were losing money for these demanded fees, which were sort of 500 a- a- ago. So if you are going mm. three times a week, it's like, you know, a week. So, yeah, exactly, for him to, you know, tell you to not eat or drink anything. He also said that those who die on hunger strikes, it's not because of the food, but because they have a death wish, you know, so they actually want to die. It's not, you know, the food, actually. But, yeah, it had a strong following in 1982 with a group of his own followers at an institute. He grouped them off into a place where they would yeah. do this. Um, he said his his partner at the time spoke about it, um, who co-founded the movement, but she said he always broke his rules and he would eat like the rest of us. <laughs> um, but worse because she said he'd wait till it was late at night and he'd have to find somewhere that would do food late at night. So he'd just go to like, you know, convenience stores and buy, you know, hot dogs and slushies and stuff like that. Um but yeah, the reason that he's been it's been in the news again is because people have been talking about seeing a meeting, basically. So people have been talking about that, and his ex partner talking about a meeting and stuff. So because there are still people that do it or, or attempt it or have been influenced by it, so they're not necessarily calling themselves britharian, but they're still influenced by it. And yeah, he'd been caught at Mackie's um, doing yeah um at mcdonald's if you don't call it that where you're from um and uh his retort to this at the time was that mcdonald's are built in an area that are protected by higher energies and that they even contain spiritual portals wow you don't so say that on the it's fine list, yeah. no i don't think that they like linked themselves <laughs> with wiley brooks um so I yeah, I'm going to say was... the
1: fact that it's not really food.
0: <laughs> ah, to be fair, no. So yeah, he was um, saying that, and he even went as far as to say, like, eat as many burgers as you want, and then meditate afterwards. It'll be great because he obviously has to kind of clear his clear it, it, things up, and things have to keep changing. So it's like, yeah, the dogma kept changing because obviously he can't. Have not been eating but the thing is so because we're talking about beliefs and if they're important mm. ordained you know what mm. what should we think so that's the backdrop um but the thing is uh he died eventually but not because he died of starvation because he was eating he was fine yeah. um you know but eventually he dies he hasn't really set up a succession as we often hear mm. um you know in the interview we did yesterday about the um christian scientist there wasn't Science. a succession so again it kind of he dies things kind of fade and other groups kind of you know individuals sort of take over as gurus and things like because he was like a self-proclaimed guru with books and selling a lot of stuff and there's one woman that takes the mantle quite a decent amount she was well she changes her name to a different name basically, mm. but um, she because she wants something I guess that sounds a bit more guru y, <laughs> mm.
1: um,
0: so she sort of changes her name and writes a book. But um, at least two people die trying to follow this sort of cult and her book. Um, as they both owned, yeah, yeah Jasmine's book, um, and they both died in, in possession of this book and of starvation, so presumably they were following her mm. book. Um, she denies responsibility for their deaths. Um, and she also, she was actually debunked because she was on an Australian TV show where they she agreed to it. They just locked her in a room for 48 hours mm. and you know her blood sugar rockets and she mm. gets dehydrated and she's unwell. Um, mm. And they're like, well, that's proof that you can't survive as you say you do because even after two days, you're not okay. And she says, well, it's because I wasn't given enough access to fresh air. And, and sunlight as i should have been but you know people did die um in and as late as 2017 uh, a german man uh passed away um, of fasting which they think was this kind of like preferring kind of fasting and just i guess to leave you with this so you've got all the information that we can talk mm-hmm. around it the last thing that uh, i've got here from wiley brooks saying um in regards to himself and his movement and all of this is people don't know what God looks like, who he is. Why in the hell couldn't it be me? Why couldn't it be you? <laughs> um okay. So this is the vibe of the man. And yeah, yeah, he he's this. But yeah, people people belong to it. There's also um you know what actually I missed off there's an interesting thing about what um Michelle Pfeiffer said in regards to leaving. So she's around 20 when she was in this group. Um right And she's, you know, because she thought she was in Hollywood, it was going to keep her slim Mm. and spiritual, Mm. you know, it was good. It was, Mm. it taps into a certain group of people, you know? Yeah, of course. And um, she at the time was helping her husband with a film about the Moonies when she was in this cult of her her own. Um, And she was helping him do research. Um, And then she realized She was in a cult. So, researching, helping him research for this film about the Moonies made her realise she was in a cult. It was just, you know, a diet cult. So, how
1: and how many other people have said that that they first started to realise they themselves were in some sort of group Mm -hmm. when they looked at other groups. Yeah. Um yeah. people have Well about it helps I think when you one. don't
0: look directly at your that's own right. because yeah. it helps you draw links. Because if someone's going, You're in a cult, you feel you're on the defensive, but you yeah, that's like right. that's a cult and then you slowly realise, Ah, that's the same. Yeah. It it feels slightly less Yeah, I think that's a really like good jabbing tactic. at you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. But yeah, and then that's when she, you know, with help of her husband and sort of leaves that group and they're yeah. like, You'll you'll never survive without us and all this, you know.
1: So that's one of the warnings, is it? So I was going to ask you about mm-hmm. the, so sort of a simple belief is one thing, but often underneath mm-hmm. that is a belief system with interlocking yeah. ideas that form mm-hmm. a worldview, aren't there? So mm-hmm. what's the, I don't, I don't know if you know, but what's the kind of worldview around this? Is is it religious or is it is it more that human <laughs> bodies like physically sp- don't need it? Or? Yeah,
0: it's more like spiritual and it's, spiritual. you know, it's very like, loose because he just changes it mm. as he wants and it's like uh, yeah. his retreat things he'll be like don't start not eating at all start with eating i don't know why but yellow food um so that can range from you know melon and papaya to um hagen does ice cream because it's vanilla yeah. in there for yellow um so pff, strange yeah. yeah
1: very strange so beliefs yeah. there then um are that the
0: human body does not need food or yeah. water yeah.
1: Which obviously cuts across both It'll a, open you a...
0: up spiritually and, you know, right. it'll keep you in the best health of your life. So you'll be physically healthy and you'll be mentally mm. healthy, you know.
1: Okay, so um, just a quick break there. I wanted to make sure I got in this this message from Faith to Faithless. So Faith to Faithless is a UK program that is part of Humanist UK. And they do a lot of work helping people who've been in groups, high control groups and others, um, to find their way out and start their new lives. And they're particularly concerned About apostates. So I'm going to read you a little ad from Faith to Faithless because they're putting together a group of volunteers to help support people as a helpline who've left their groups. Faith to Faithless are creating a UK helpline for people leaving high control religions. If you embrace humanist values and have a few hours a week to spare, please consider volunteering for our team and get in touch with us at info at faith to faithless.com That's info at faith to faithless.com So, yeah, it's really worth looking into that. Um, click on that link or go to the Humanist website and you'll see stuff about it there. But if you just inquire, then you'll get some information about what's required and um, how, how to move forward with that. So do you want to help people who are leaving their high control groups and are considered apostates. Um, it can be quite a lonely time, I think that for people who are going through that situation. So uh, it sounds like a really good idea, I think. Um, so yeah, um, go to faith to Faithless. If you want to contact us, that's fine, but we'll just direct you um, to faith to Faithless. Thanks for listening. Back on with the podcast. That cuts across the facts as we know them from mm. um, other domains. So you know, wider human bodies and other animals crave food. Why? Why yeah. do we? Why? Why do mothers produce milk? Mm-hmm. Which would be a good question to ask. I well, suppose. yeah, Even if it's like don't give them it. Yeah, don't because
0: yeah. he's saying don't give the babies milk because they're currently perfect, and if you do that, you will yeah. start their addiction on food.
1: It's just crazy. So why? Why mm-hmm. would? human beings either if you believe in creation why would they be created that way to produce something that isn't is is bad for them and secondly uh if you believe like i do and you do that we Mm. evolved um why would evolution produce that yeah so that's very interesting and um a good example i guess of beliefs that can lead to dangerous really dangerous behavior yeah Yeah, Yeah.
0: and this is. I think someone might be like, "Well, why would you even start on that in the first place?" But it gets Mm. you in the way that cults get you. It says, you know, for instance, you know, a young woman in Hollywood in the '80s was definitely being encouraged to be slim, and this is a thing that says, "Oh, we can help you do that easily, and you'll be happier and healthier, and you'll feel better, and your man, your mind will expand, and all this, you know." Yeah. So you know, you get sucked in, and then you're spending all your money on it, and so you feel more sucked in. Yeah. You know. You're being told that if you leave, you'll be, in, you'll be in danger, like you won't be okay without them and all this.
1: Yeah. And I think we were talking about this um, offline in the car, that there's also a built-in dependency on the group because the vast, vast majority of anybody that tries to do this is not going to be able to keep that up. Therefore, they are going to, in inverted commas, fail. Regular, well yeah like they call it like the sin a, mm-hmm. yeah right great great example so this puts you in this um this penitent position where you need to f- try and find either mm-hmm. a way to be forgiven of that sin or to get back to purity somehow and guess who it is that's going to help you do that the cult, the cult yeah. yeah and that's a, and also that is a, a charism- typical tactic
0: yeah and again he's a charismatic leader so um as much as he sounds bizarre you know talking about it now he was a charismatic leader like he was um known for doing this massive like weightlift thing like he was on lots of tv Mm -hmm. um like he was big in the in the wellness community it was strange um and yeah but then he'd yeah periodically get caught out but then rewrite the narrative change the dogma to fit you know Mm -hmm. mcdonald's is fine actually yellow food's fine you know
1: (laughs) Right. Okay. That's really interesting. Oh yeah, and cool. softened
0: down to all. we can treat it as medicine because the world is polluted, the air's not as good, so we, we are allowed food to help. You know this sort of thing. It waters down uh, to the point where we are now, where it's not really a thing. Though there are some people that do it.
1: So that's interesting. So what he's doing there is, I guess, what what. HJWs will recognised as new light. So yeah. when the evidence is is presented to show that the prophecies or the ideas that have been put forward are not correct, mm-hmm. then just new light is produced, and exactly. um, we now have to believe this other thing.
0: Yeah. Um. In regards to like the fruitarian bit, the only reason I brought mm. this up is because um there are quite a few people that kind of cite being fruitarian, then the breatharian thing, or just generally fruitarian not going well for them because that is
1: so what fruitarians
0: you just eat raw uh, and you just eat fruit really you can eat some veggies but realistically it's just raw um the reason i think it's a bit culty is because they do have like they have a woodstock fruitarian like festival that they do which is like 14 days where everyone like gathers and like new members come as well and like learn how to be fruitarians and uh, but you pay a lot of money, but then I, they they are providing a lot of fruit, I suppose. But you pay <laughs> um, one thousand <Obviously>. seven. Yeah. <laughs> well. It yeah.
1: A lot of fruit. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah,
0: it's one thousand seven hundred and ninety-five pounds a week, and it's cool, two that's weeks. Obviously,
1: if you're spending that on fruit, then you're going to per person,
0: market. and there's six hundred oh, people at the event, right? And and there might be more now. This is just, you know, previous Mm. statistics because it's not something that's being regularly numbered. But there were 600 people at this particular event. It was 1,795 per week for two and it's two weeks. So double that. Um, The whole point is um, that to me, it still feels a bit culty because there's a lot of rules. It's, you know, no Mm. meat, no animal products, no process no grains no nuts no cooked food no steamed food no sauteed food no salt no oil no refined sugar no caffeine no alcohol no garlic no onion um so that just leaves you pretty much with fruit and some vegetables that you can manage to digest carrots i suppose yeah you can eat carrots and things like that um but the reason it feels a bit cool to yeah because there's a guy that you know runs this event and is paying you're paying a lot of money Mm. it's like an odd experience where like, yeah, you get love bombed in to it. Cause everyone's so excited when a new person comes, mm. it feels a bit cult mindset to eat. That's I think further added to with social media, because instead of having one necessarily cult leader, though, there is one person that runs the Woodstock thing. Um, but instead of necessarily having one cult leader, there's a lot of like, I would almost say like subgroups. So like, because they all have, they all seemingly have a social media following or like YouTube. There's a lot of like mm. YouTube, vloggers um that tell you how good this is and that you should do it and well they'll be like this is just my experience but you should do it you know um mm. and as much as it's just their belief so and this links into belief so they'll say it's just my belief just how it works for me Da da da, it's just me mm. but people watch and copy no matter what you say yeah. and yeah you, you could be okay on this diet but it's not an ideal diet you don't get enough nutrients from just fruit there is good things in fruit but mm. it's not everything you know especially things like b12 which you can get long lasting or forever lasting like nerve damage if you don't take an, if you don't have enough b12 and that right. is required to be supplemented if you're vegan because it's um not viable not to so Mm. uh, but obviously if you're gonna market something as the natural best way to eat you can't Mm. you can't say but still take this supplement because then it feels like it undermines it shouldn't but it feels like it undermines and that's where it feels kind of culty to me um and also because there are people raising their children in this so there's Mm. at this woodstock fest was a lot of children there and on the youtube there's a it's a lot of mums like white blonde pretty skinny mums with their white blonde pretty skinny children you know Mm. um and a lot of them the reason it kind of feels a bit like it's linked to that preferring thing is because they all talk about the benefits of the sun and how great the sun is so they're all you know tanned and their children are like tanned with their bright blonde hair and you just think i mean science, science says we shouldn't be sitting in the sun you know a bit of sun Mm. is good but they you know talk about getting like a few hours in direct sun and things like Mm. this and you know that's just not advised and talking about not using sun cream because you won't get the benefits and this isn't everybody but this is the Mm. discourse in the group you know and this is when i think we get into danger territory with these kind of beliefs and you know just saying oh it's just my belief it's just what i do it's like but you are influencing and i think that word is important to use here because it is a word we hear a lot now is influencers
1: and yeah and what's you know that people are quite sophisticated to know that if you're going on a channel saying well you know i'm not telling anybody to do this but this really works for me and how wonderful it is well the yeah, message look is how great there, i am and
0: it? they put themselves yeah. in bikinis and you know yeah, do of shots of how great they look mm-hmm. and all this and again they are they do have a lot of them have children The question is: Should you be allowed to raise children on a diet like this? You know, is this Mm. ethical? Is this not neglect? Um, You know, so these sort of things. So I think this is when you get into danger territory. With people are allowed to believe what they believe. It's like, well, yes, but to what extent? And should we be encouraging or allowing like events that you know what I mean? Like without Mm. any without any consideration. Do you know what I mean? Like I think people if they want to go and have two weeks where they just eat fruit and disgusting disgusting durian that stinks the house down then you know what like fair enough but mm. should should there be no consideration for what's being said there what's being proclaimed as science and true and all this you know yeah
1: so i guess there's an extreme element in this and that's always difficult to define at what point mm-hmm. something becomes extreme isn't there yeah. But i guess that's that's perhaps one of the most common ways to yeah. think about this is that... We, At what point you know,
0: does it go from, oh, they're a bit of a weird hippie yeah. to that's actually dangerous, you know? That's
1: right. And and I guess it is that physical, um, if, if it's dangerous physically, then that's one flag, red flag, I suppose. Then, then you could ask around questions about psychological damage, which is more difficult to define, I think, but but yeah because uh, there's yeah. a lot of
0: like emphasis on being lean and how good and mm. important that is right yeah. um and it's sort of like well how good and important is that and is being lean necessarily great i mean being too lean isn't actually that great especially if you're trying to have children and that sort of thing you kind of don't want to be too lean it's not good for 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 the goal yeah. you know um so to me it seems like it's quite aesthetic based and there's a particular aesthetic that's trying to be met um and yeah it's all about Look how good I look, but mm. it's not necessarily talking about the actual science and the internal situation. Yeah, yeah. All but right. Yeah, well, they're, so...
1: they're quite interesting. So these are um, these are cultic systems. We could describe mm-hmm. them as um, mm-hmm. where beliefs lead people to do things that are physically dangerous to them. Yeah. So I think that's. Yeah. Let's put a pin in that, and uh, mm-hmm. we can we can come back to that when we sort of summarize what what we've learned from these different groups. Um, Shall I talk about one yeah. of the ones that I've um, mm-hmm. I've looked up? So I've got a couple that were really interesting. There's a group that I hadn't heard of before called the Ethereus Society,
0: mm.
1: and um, this was set up in 1955 by a former taxi driver called George King, mm. and um, I'm taking this information from the New York Times. And in that article, there's actually a little mini documentary. I think it's about eight minutes documentary. So I'll put the link onto that. It's kind of fascinating, actually. So this uh, this guy, George King, um, we actually hear him being interviewed talking about how he came up with this, this group. And basically, he's washing some dishes and he heard a voice from out of this world telling him, you are to become the voice of interplanetary parliament and he believed that he was being contacted by extraterrestrials who i guess i guess part of the belief system is that actually these are the religious uh, figures of you know throughout history so lord buddha is the cosmic master from venus Mm. krishna is from saturn and jesus is also from venus so don't know why they couldn't have thought of a different planet. But anyway, that's uh, you've got those three religious figures there and they're all kind of communicating with him. And the idea is that through prayer and through this communication with these great figures across the solar system, and it only seems to be around the solar system, which is kind of interesting, then they can help bring peace and happiness to the world. And so in the documentary, you get to see... There's like a, a pastor there, a religious figure, praying in front of something. And then as you get further into it, you start to find out what this is. There's a little quote from George again. He said, Never before... So this is a sort of language that I think is very common with these sorts of groups. Let's see if you can work out what this means. Never before has the energy involved by this simple expedient of prayer been stored in a physical container... So that it could be used at any time. And that's the whole essence of Operation Prayer Power. Mm. Um, and I'm listening to that and I think that just sounds like word salad to me.
0: It sounds quite funny. Operation <laughs> Prayer Power.
1: <laughs> so what this actually is, and you know, again, should you laugh at other people's beliefs, Celine? I don't know, but it is hard not it's to quite because funny what you're seeing is this guy praying in this room. It looks like a church is across there as well, which is kind of interesting, but you've got people of all ages. This guy's a young guy. It's this particular church is in LA, but there's groups throughout the world. And he seems a lovely, lovely guy, very charming, nice guy. And I think actually quite good hearted. And then there's an older guy there and there's an older woman there. And these are very sensible looking middle of the road people mm. all doing this kind of chant thing, which is as, um, as You're your mum, she was, she was in the background as she said mm. i don't want to hear you chanting when i get back from work <laughs> <laughs> cuz it is very mm. catchy um but they're doing this chanting stuff but what they're doing it in the, in front of what looks for all the world like a car battery so basically what they're doing is they I'm are trying to
0: power a battery with chanting.
1: yeah they they're, they're powering this battery with good prayers and this battery and literally it is this power um, that is then able to ward off disasters and help humanity. They say mm. that it's prevented nuclear war. They've helped with negotiations in things that have happened throughout the world, and all this has been them behind the scenes making sure that the world survives. So they're basically channeling these ETs.
0: I don't. I don't think they are. <laughs> no, I don't and, think the battery's doing anything, lads. <laughs>
1: um. But what what was kind of interesting about that was how benign it all seemed. So when you think about beliefs, the beliefs seem absolutely crazy and really, really odd. And again, unorthodox, to put it mildly. But the message that comes out of it is be nice to each other, pray for peace and try Mm -hmm. to help each other. And you know these voices that they hear are all all very nice, you know, and, and it's it's a nice message. Like you, I don't actually think they're doing anything, but it seems entirely harmless. So I guess sometimes beliefs are sound strange and are strange and have no evidence to them, but they aren't harmful. They don't have any. There's no evidence that there's any kind mm-hmm. of downside to it. If you see what I mean. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of interesting, and I'll put the link to it. It's fascinating. Uh, this group, there's little groups throughout the world, so it's still going. Right now, the other one that I looked at was the Workers Institute of Marxism Leninism Mao Zedong, um, and that was through 1976 to
0: 2013. Now you oh,
1: they may did have spell heard... in
0: 2013. Say again. You saying they they stopped in 2013?
1: Well there was a quite a dramatic um thing that happened so i remember this actually on the news when it first came out so this was a uk cult and so if you're in any other part of the world you might not have heard of this but it was led by this guy called aravindan balakrishnan he he went by the name of bala um but it started off as a as, as the name suggests, Worker's Institute of Marxism, Leninism, Mao Zedong. So, so it communist. started off as a kind of communist, yeah, ultra-communist group who believed that the British establishment was basically fascist. Hmm. And it was their mission to essentially not um, personally bring it down, but to prepare the way for the Chinese communists who were going to come and uh, liberate us here in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, so when was this,
0: sorry?
1: This was in the 1970s, so around 1976. And this guy, Balakrishnan, Bala was a very charismatic speaker. He was part of this left-wing, you know, sort of ultra-left-wing communist group. But even, even amongst other left-wing communists, you know, he was considered to be very extreme. Uh, But he had a a reasonable following, you know, he had hundreds of people who come listen to his his speeches and and so on. But eventually it um, it, it fizzled out, or at least the the interest in it fizzled out to a large degree. He happened to be a Sri Lankan born, Mm. but he did all his work in Brixton. But then what seems to have happened is the whole thing, the whole movement turned inwards and very reclusive. And so he lived in a flat in Brixton with some followers and there's sort of different numbers of followers over the years but I think there's around six or seven followers most of them in fact if not all of them women who ended up becoming his followers literally in this little flat that he that he lived in in Brixton and where we find out about this story is in two thousand and thirteen when there is a phone call to a charity to say there's a, a young woman that's very poorly that's very ill and she she needs help. She can't she's been held against her will. So at that point they contact the police and the police come and find this horrific scene where this guy has been basically keeping these women in servitude. They've been the victim of rape, of of all sorts of sexual exploitation just by him. And that the the, the The woman, the young woman that was in danger of dying, she was actually a child born in this house. Mm. And it's his daughter, although she never knew it. She never knew who her parents were. But he was the father and her other carer, another woman in the group was her mother, but they never told her. They told her that she had no parents. And basically they just kept her completely isolated. She never went to school. She wasn't allowed to go out. She um, she had no idea how to do anything. She was completely bound to this demagogue, this horrible, horrible guy. In fact, the judge, when there was a court case and when sentencing uh, Balakrishnan, the judge said, um, "You were ruthless in your exploitation of them." Uh, Justice Taylor said. So yeah, it was it was absolutely horrible.
0: Considering that he was meant to be communist, that's like yeah. the absolute opposite do you know what i mean like how do you mm. get there
1: well this is it it's it's really in, interesting in a obviously uh, interesting sounds right. like a, a very sort of neutral term but it is interesting yeah. um this young woman she was actually interviewed there is a, a documentary about this that um, is well mm. worth looking up if you're interested it's a bbc documentary by vanessa engel called the cult next door now if you look up the cult next door as a documentary there. There's more than one of those documentaries. So this one is the BBC documentary by Vanessa Engel about this this case in the UK. Um, One of the most weird and bizarre doctrines that he had, and they really believe this, is that he had created either he or the Chinese. I can't remember which now, but he had control over it anyway. This machine mind control machine called Jackie and Jackie is an acronym for Jehovah Allah Christ Krishna and immortal Iswaran Mm. now before I look um, before I did this podcast I meant to look up what immortal Iswaran was but I haven't done that Mm. but basically the idea behind this thing called Jackie was that it was his means of control over them so Jackie would be the one that could cause disasters in the world earthquakes, wars, any sort of disaster. In fact, the Space Shuttle Challenger disaster happened because of the fact that people weren't doing what they were told enough in the group. So Mm. he told them all that um, the shuttle disaster happened because of this. Also, one day, a pizza guy got the wrong house and knocked on their door by, by accident. And he was so annoyed by this, he thought it was the fascist British state trying to get to him. So because of that, he claimed that the Kobe earthquakes that had happened in Japan were as a direct result of the British fascist state knocking on his door. <laughs> <laughs> but when you listen to, and this, in this documentary, you get to to hear a couple of the, the, the women that lived there. And Celine, it is absolutely heartbreaking. Mm. It's absolutely heartbreaking. They are so innocent and so completely innocent unequipped to try and understand what happened to them Mm -hmm. katie morgan davis is the young woman that they spend most time on Mm -hmm. and essentially she was born in it and she spent the Mm -hmm. first 30 years in that house towards the end she had a little bit more freedom down to this other woman i'll talk about in a minute but you know she was completely suppressed and everything about her but you know she really believed that he was god he was Mm -hmm. god and that anything that that happened was because of him um and she was completely at his mercy now what what happened was her mother again she didn't know it was her mother but her mother actually ended up dying in under suspicious circumstances it seems like he he was responsible for her death but when she died this other woman was basically required to to be the the main lieutenant um yeah, Josie became the second in command. And she was concerned about Katie's health because she started to lose a lot of weight. She looked really, really ill. And it turns out she'd actually got diabetes and she would have died if Josie hadn't have uh, made that call. It was actually Josie that had made the call. But the really sad thing about it is afterwards, Josie, she still believes that Bala was God and that Mm -hmm. basically he was framed for all these things so she still believes in him he recently died in prison but she still stands by him in a way i find her i don't know very much about her i only know about her from the documentary but she feels like a tragic but in some respects a character that although she comes across quite badly when she talks to the press and so on you also have to feel that she made a decision there that must have been very, very difficult for her to expose this group because she was worried about this young woman. So in that respect, she did something really good. If she hadn't have done that, this poor woman would have died, even though she was still completely indoctrinated and is still completely indoctrinated Mm. into it by the sounds of it. Fascinating and awful, really. Yeah. So again, beliefs, you know, there's a whole set of beliefs there around... What were his beliefs? You know, did he really believe this stuff, um, or was it just a way to manipulate? I suspect the latter, personally.
0: Well, yeah, because I don't know how you get onto that from wanting no. communism. Because the point of communism is equality, right? And that people—yeah, I know it mm. in practice, but if the you know we're just talk about the doctrine, the idea is equality and everyone being treated equally. Then that is so the opposite of it i mean mm. it's an autocracy in his own house so how you get to that if you believe in inequality but you, i don't you know you could
1: say the same about the soviet union couldn't you you know so mm-hmm. um, it seems like an extreme mm. ideology tends to lead to totalitarian so, okay. mm. systems i mean that that's where Lifton did his original work on brainwashing and so on was was how chinese Authorities would turn people who were actually, you know, anti communist, but eventually they would manage to get them spouting the ideas and even start to believe the ideas mm-hmm. of the communist party. So there's something there about forcing people to believe things and using these techniques, which seems to be part of that modus operandi of, of totalitarianism. And essentially, that is what a cult is, isn't it? It's totalitarian, um, everything about you is controlled totally by the organisation, by the individual, or by the state. So, yeah, there's something there that I think is quite interesting. Um, and the final one that I wanted to talk to you about, slim was was something that's quite new. And it's not, would would I call it a cult? I don't know. Um, it could be a proto-cult. So this is a an idea that I've been playing with, the idea of a proto-cult, which is like movements that might start to show some early signs mm. that they could be on that road um this is so you can look this up so this is called 21 summit and i've seen a couple of bits on twitter about it um our friend clint haycock has put a couple of tweets sort of letting people know about this group well it's called the patriarch convention the ad it's going it to get fill
0: me with joy.
1: It's going to get biblically masculine, says the ad. When you go onto grim, onto immediately the grim page, you get a pop up which says, "Your future is patriarchy." The war on fatherhood, patriarchy, and common sense masculinity is is heating up to over over level nine thousand, whatever that might mean. Join our mission to rebuild the patriarchy. Become the ultimate alpha male. Boost your toxic masculinity by over 500% and get updates on the next Patriarch Convention.
0: It's almost It almost feels like it's a joke, but they mean it.
1: This is the thing. It does. It feels like a joke. They, you, they now, said
0: toxic because, I guess I said, try to claim it back as though it's a slur, but it's not. Well, right. I
1: think there's also an element of, you know, owning the libs, which kind of they love, don't they, to poke... Mm uh to poke the um the, the liberal people who are going to get really angry about this and they it's just, just like kind just kind go away that. just go
0: be just go be horrid in your own little group we don't want you do you know what i mean like we're for not interested video, in you
1: yeah but it's not they're not aiming at you they don't care about you they're, they're no but they're, the
0: lib poking is what i'm talking about yeah yeah i know but it it's, be it's grim kind on of, your own
1: <laughs> it's kind of just the the fun thing for I guess, that group to feel like they're doing something that's fun. They love it. Anyway, you look, click on the thing, and there's a little video there. And what I found interesting with this is it really reminded me, at the beginning of it really reminded me of the sorts of JW propaganda that I'm so used to. So um, clips are showing the world on fire. You know the Russians have invaded this um, this country. The Russians have invaded,
0: um, and it's because men are now allowed to cry in public. It's That's because what's it's it.
1: because Celine. The world is now the matriarchy. Okay. Oh so, yeah. Make men alpha again. You can get red hats and everything. Um So we can, can see you also who this get is.
0: get orange face paint.
1: we can see this is aimed at we need a hierarchy so you listen to this guy clip of this guy talking so you've got these speakers there who are all um these considered to be alpha males you know we need a hierarchy and that's how people work best we need people above us and he kind of it seemed like he hesitated to say we need people below us but that's kind of what he meant so we need to be able to look down on other people and specifically
0: we want those people to be women (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, they wouldn't. They wouldn't say yes, that. Yes, but if
0: you say that matriarchies are bad and patriarchies are good, that is well, inherently yeah. what
1: you mean. Well, what they they want is a a world where um, the, the men are in charge and the women do the things that um, that the women like doing, and that are. Good We're not for having the
0: two spheres conversation. We're not doing this. <laughs> the We're not what? going spheres. This oh, God, is on, like the. That? Oh, when women wanted the vote, before they had the vote, the men right. used to tower. Ah, okay, got right, you. Yeah. It's not that we're unequal, we just have different spheres. Yes. We have the sphere of being in charge, and you have the sphere of doing what you're told.
1: <laughs> and having babies.
0: Yeah, yeah you know,
1: when I say so. And making tea and cleaning mm. up, those sorts of things. Um, As and
0: when dictated to you
1: exactly um everything in society is geared towards peer orientation so that's another thing so the idea of this hierarchy they don't like this idea of this peer world where you know we are all equal and we 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 listen to each other and we have diverse voices that all have equal merit no we don't want that we want this hierarchy what's the um, belief
0: that all these people a lot of them anyway are white (laughs) and don't like all the conversation and probably christian um just wondering um
1: so i think um yeah most of them are white not all though there are some um quite high profile african-american voices Mm -hmm. but they are very christian so this is a religious movement these are pastors Michael Foster Bryan's Well they said it's going to get biblical or something. I think his name is um exactly. So these are these are, this is religious essentially. This is using the Bible to justify these uh these beliefs. Um th- but not only is there a 22 convention, Celine, sorry, 21 convention, there is a 22 convention which has mm. become the ultimate alpha female. Um now, I clicked on that as well because I was interested in looking at what that was all about. What um, what was interesting about that is whereas the man's one was very, there were people talking about their ideas around masculinity and how important it is to have a hierarchy and that you know men need to stop being feminine and start being alpha and taking charge. Um, for the women, all you got was little clips from different, television programs and commentators from all around the world being shocked about this whole movement. So there was nothing really, no philosophy there that I could see in this, um, in this clip, it was all just people going, you know, what I cannot believe. And they were all very high pitched screeching, um, what they would describe as shrill women, you know, but of course they were surprised and shocked by the things that they're saying. But that was almost being used as a way to mock the women. And uh, it wasn't, I mean, I don't know what woman would be attracted to that to go to that particular conference or whatever we want no. to call it. Um, so, yeah, that, that was... Really strange. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is, I mean, it's not a traditional cult in the same sense as the other things we've talked about, but I think these are these are beliefs. So, should we should we respect those beliefs? Um, and if we don't respect those beliefs, then what about other beliefs? And also, where do those beliefs come from? So, a lot of these beliefs are coming from ideas around religious texts what the bible says and so on on the other hand these are people taking extreme positions based upon biblical and if
0: they texts. want to engage with society they can't they can't really be taking these positions in terms of like if they're going to be at work and have jobs in the in the actual world where most people aren't like this you know and that Hi, the way that hierarchy works in the world is a lot of it is peer to peer and stuff like you can't just throw a fit every time and shout about how alpha men need to be men and if they have a female boss being unpleasant to that do you know what i mean like it, it brings yeah. that kind of thing so that, gonna... that, but that's
1: more practical sort of how how these individuals would behave on a on a day-to-day basis given the social mm-hmm. situation they find themselves in so yeah i guess that that would be interesting i don't know how they they do. I don't know how they behave mm. when they're. Most of the guys that were speaking are obviously self-employed. You know, they're they're pastors or speakers. Uh. Let's call them um, charging money for people to to buy their books, memorabilia, whatever. Oh yeah, the mm. the other thing that I was going to say, which was particularly jarring, was they showed you some of the the merch, mm. and uh, you've got hats, obviously and uh, mugs and all sorts. But then there was a, a, a teddy bear with feminism is cancer. So mm. somebody's put feminism is cancer on a teddy bear. Um,
0: mm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. It just
0: kind of, it kind of smacks of uh, incel slash um, yeah. going, what was that men's movement? yeah men going, going their own, own ways their own way yeah it yeah, smacks of that think, doesn't it uh... which the reason i find it quite concerning is it's like it feels angry at women and hateful at women and mm. this is why you know men get annoyed when they're like oh, I, oh it's so rude when women start walking fast when they see me and they're on their own or like this and that and it's like well they get insulted by it. It's like, well, it doesn't harm you if I walk faster past you because I want to get away. Like, mm. I don't know what you're like. I don't know if you're one of these weird men that hate women, you know, and like have think they have like some rights over them because of being a man. Do you know what I mean? I, you don't. You just, yeah. It 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 feel it feels unsafe. This is why I don't like it. It makes me feel unsafe that there are men out there proclaiming that and encouraging others and trying to get other young men to believe it it makes me feel unsafe as a woman in society (laughs) that men are out there touting and believing
1: that i completely understand that i mean there are women there so there are women who are also uh, backing up these guys uh obviously the vast majority of men but there are women there essentially saying that you know that we we want to be part of this hierarchy we we know our place and we 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 think that's god's arrangement in many respects and that's what jehovah's witnesses say this is god's arrangement
0: but no but it makes it makes me feel unsafe and especially when we know what it's like in jehovah's witness circumstances where if something does happen where you're unsafe and you're hurt and or your husband does something to you it's Mm. blown off do you know what i mean you're not protected Creates a situation where you're not protected, you're not safe.
1: So let's, because um, we, we want to come back to our original question about beliefs and whether we should respect other people's beliefs. And mm. I think this is where it gets difficult. And part of the problem is knowing at which point in the belief chain, I'll call it, uh, we should we should take a stand. So if you think about this this example that I've, we've just talked about here with um, men being... Uh, well this group wanting the patriarchy to come back you might Mm -hmm. swear you might say well i don't feel like i should respect that belief um Mm -hmm. that i'm gonna i'm gonna reject that belief and i'm gonna be vocal calling it out okay so i don't know whether you feel that way do you think do you think we should call out that belief
0: i think we should because it's it's not just about they're, they're trying to extend it into the world. It's not just yeah. them and their choices. They're trying to extend it out into this is how the world oh, okay. should be. So That's I think it's, do you
1: know
0: what I mean? It's not like, yeah. this is how I live. This is how my yeah, wife yeah. wants to live. We choose our life. It's your life is wrong. And okay. we're going to impose so that on that, the world.
1: Is that a difference? So what we're saying here is one of the things that we would say is a criteria for us speaking out about it is if, they're not just doing it um, privately, they are promoting. So mm-hmm. when somebody's promoting a belief, then it's fair game, to use that phrase, um, mm. for us to combat that belief.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're holding conferences. You know, what do they expect? Right. Okay. Um, and, and, and also, I would say the caveat is knowing... The thing that makes it more difficult is knowing when these people that are in their home have chosen it as well, because obviously... One thing for a woman to say, Yeah, I pick this, it's another to know if she actually picks yeah. it. If she's in a coercive yeah. relationship. You yeah. know, you don't know, but for just building a basic framework, let's say, people choosing it for themselves, living their own life,
1: yeah.
0: I can accept, but trying to force it onto others and saying the way you live actually is bad yeah. and what I do is right, that's when I start to think that needs to be questioned.
1: So Okay, I I can buy into that, and I can also I think we can also say that the anything that is a belief that directly causes us to do something that is going to hurt somebody else,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that is also a belief that we could call out. So, you know, if I'm a a suicide bomber making my plans at home, not promoting it, but just I'm going to do it, then I think we still call out the fact that this belief is going to cause harm to other people. So we we would say that we call out any belief that is going to directly cause somebody to do something to somebody else Mm -hmm. or harm somebody in any in any way.
0: And to me, the reason it gets difficult as well is because, okay, this man and his wife say this is how they want to live. Okay, fine. Um, then they have a daughter mm. or, and they start telling her, okay, well, you're... You know, they won't frame it like this, but this is how it ends up feeling. It's like you're less than.
1: Mm.
0: You know, you're important. Your opinions are less important. Your feelings are less important what I say goes until you're married. And then when you're married that your husband says goes, do you know what yeah. I mean? And to me, that's doing harm, you know, or like being, you know, if they're, if they're also that extreme sort of Christianity side being like, you can never get an abortion because you're all in, and under God. And that's what we believe. Um, but what if she might die, but because that's the decision, do you know what I mean? Like these things yeah. start to have implications. Um, so that's why it's difficult Because it's like, when you're raised in it, how do you pick it, you know?
1: Yeah, so that's another complication. How is it your
0: choice? Children are difficult and complicated. Adults making adult decisions is one thing. But children being born into something and having no choices is another. But that's why I think homeschooling isn't ideal. Because and things like that, I think when you need to be given choices and options or at least the opportunity to see another side of the world and then I'll believe that maybe you picked it.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's uh there's something there that that perhaps we need to pick up separately which is the the indoctrination children, is of children. A whole episode I think. It's, it is really. So I
0: don't know how we deal with this.
1: Yeah. So let's let's pick that up separately. Um what I wanted to do though is is go down the belief chain Mm-hmm. um so we've we've got we we start with the the belief that i need to do this thing because god's told me to let's let's have a really simple example you know i believe that i need to go and hurt these people because god's telling me to so i think we could at that point we could very easily say or it's fairly straightforward to say that's a belief that i don't respect and i will combat that belief in any way i can mm-hmm. now What I'm interested in is the beliefs, the more overarching beliefs that have led to that belief and even further back. So at the heart of a lot of these uh, movements around the patriarchy or even around terrorism and so on are beliefs about the inerrant work, a holy book, a guru, a preacher, a religious figure. So, at this point, now you're talking about. Um, so, you know, give. Let's give a, a real example. A religion that says that you're not allowed to have a certain medical procedure, like blood transfusions. Let's say. Mm-hmm. Now. The reason you might say, well, I don't agree with the belief about blood transfusion, but the reason that belief about blood transfusion exists is because there is a belief about the literal interpretation of the Bible, that the Bible is God's word, that God actually inspired the Bible, which means God breathed. So the way that Jehovah's Witnesses certainly used to talk about it was it was like a secretary writing the the words of their boss Right. Um, so who's actually responsible for it god so it's god that's telling us this stuff and when god tells us something in the bible then we have to do it so actually that's another belief this belief that the words of the bible are the inerrant word of god and it's that that's at the bottom of or it may not even be the bottom but it's at um another level down from the the belief that i have to stop my child having a blood transfusion so do we do we challenge it at that level do we say that i don't have respect for a belief system that says that a holy book tells us what to do that was written thousands of years ago so
0: it's the interpretation i think above that so do we respect these people that have interpreted it as such because for me that's where <laughs> The idea of having some general morals from the book is one thing, but getting these really specific because I think the refusal of blood is a very specific thing that has been pulled out. Do you know what I mean? Or like,
1: well, I, okay, then let's let's. So what you're saying there is then at the level of the interpretation, but that's that's another level of the mm. belief that the belief that this scripture is saying this thing is an interpretation. But I would take it further back up the chain and say it's still Mm. dangerous even if you don't even if there's the interpretation is really really obvious i think it's still dangerous personally to use a book that's hundreds or thousands of years old as a way to determine our morals and that's why we have christians who are um, anti-lgbtq it's why we have christians who take a hard line around the patriarchy Mm -hmm. and it's also the reason why jehovah's witnesses don't have blood it's because they have this belief that the bible is the word of god yeah so my point is is and this comes to the heart of my problem i said i was talking about my own kind of difficulties with this is that my my view my analysis um you can call it a belief if you like, but I don't feel it is because I don't feel like I know it for sure. Um, but I have my analysis that I, I'm trying to work out is essentially a lot of these harmful beliefs about things like LGBTQ people, even different races, the superiority of certain races, the um, that the, the fact that men should be the head of the household or even have there should be a patriarchy, Um, and so on, and so on, and so on, at the heart of these beliefs are interpretations of the Bible or another holy book. Now, you could say that the problem is with the interpretation, or you could go back further and say, actually, the problem is with this idea that human beings in the 21st century should be using books that were written by, you know, by our standards, uneducated people mm-hmm. thousands of years ago with a worldview that was ignorant in the in the true sense of the word. They didn't understand science. They didn't understand the way the world no. worked. But we are somehow supposed to take it that these are the words of God and mm-hmm. therefore base our lives upon it. Now then you get to the way these are thing- these things are interpreted, which... Okay, that's why you get some groups who are more tolerant and some groups who are not of certain things. Some of them happen to agree with my view, your view, others don't. But I still say at the heart of the problem isn't the interpretation, it's that deeper belief, which is that we should be using the Bible or another holy book as our guide to modern life. Um, Mm. And I just don't accept that. Now, do do I need to push that down and say, well, actually, in a way, that's none of your business, Steve. That's really up to them what they believe. And as long as that what they're doing isn't wrong or isn't against ethics or whatever, then actually we shouldn't worry about what they believe. And that's the stance that a lot of people take around religion and around cults. You know, um, I hear quite a few cult experts say, We don't really care what these groups believe. It doesn't matter what they believe. It's what they do that counts. And I am Mm. one of those people who says that at times. And I do believe that to a degree. But at the heart of it, the reason why beliefs matter is because they lead to certain understandings about the world. And often those are beliefs that that can cause harm. Mm. So at what point do we sort of say, right, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to respect that. Um, and do we challenge it?
0: yeah, I suppose we have you'd have to have some sort of agreed upon ethical code, but we just don't have that at this point you know yeah. we have we have rights there are human rights, so exploitations outside of that. I guess that's the best thing we've got at the moment
1: so so here's here's my dilemma when when I'm inviting guests onto the podcast, so far we've tended to have people who i guess are very secular in their outlook um and that i think is is... we've
0: had the odd one that still sort of says i believe in god don't go to church so there's a lot of people that reject um generally there's a few people i think a lot of people that reject organized religion that was a phrase that a lot of people used for a lot they reject organized religion but they still believe in god and it's more like spirituality than i guess But but they're reading chapters from the book.
1: Yeah, but there's uh, my point is in a way, does that matter? You know, so if if there's people out there that have talked about their story, have written books about their getting Mm -hmm. out of a cult, making their way out of a high control religion or a high control group of some sort, it might not even be a religion. Those people have their own story, and part of that story might have been that they found a new way of thinking comfort and a route through their indoctrination and their bad ideas they found a route through through christianity or through islam or through buddhism or through indian religions or and my question is should i worry about that should you worry about that you know should we say well that's absolutely fine because I respect these other beliefs? Or do do we say, well, at the heart of these religious beliefs are some pretty unpleasant things?
0: uh, Yeah, I suppose this is why you have the how does it make you act? Because if it makes Mm. you a better person than you were before and a more empathetic, if it makes you be better, it's hard to say take that away from someone. Do you know what I mean? Like some people... Mm. That have like addiction issues have found like religion has helped them stop that um right so do the aa is that... a good
1: example of that the alcoholics yeah. anonymous yeah that is a quite an overtly religious well in my view when i look at the way that that's um, that's presented mm. you know there's there's a lot of god stuff in there um mm. and i know lots of ex-members of cults find that Just completely against their their way of thinking. Yeah,
0: and then some people, like I said, find it really useful. Useful, Um, yeah, exactly. And you don't want to take away useful tools from some people. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? So some people find it really useful, and like in grief, they still like we said, Jehovah's Witnesses. It, it, I think, it's detrimental how they handle grief because of the, the nature of it. But you know, some people with more generalized christianity or whichever religion that because most of them have some sort of afterlife beliefs find it really comforting um yeah and it helps them go through the process of grief you know so they still experience it but it helps them with it um you know they find it quite a suit a suver um well like i said if they're going through something difficult they don't feel like they're alone there are aspects of it that are helpful to people and I don't necessarily want to take that away from people, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I really get that. And that's kind of where I sit, but then there's times when I think, yeah, you know, there's, there's things that well, bother you know, me people, about Christianity. Yeah. Let's say.
0: No, of course there are. Um, and there's some people that, you know, obviously we're not saying like live your morals by it. Cause it is an old system, but then some people end up living as better people than what they mm. were before. Um, you know, but is is that do we need to just find other tools for that i don't know
1: yeah is i don't think we're we're going to come to an answer but i i wanted no. to put that out there because in a way i want i want to um get get people to talk about it and maybe give me some some help in in how i uh, might might approach that because i think it's it's definitely something that's been rattling around my head for some time now and and part mm-hmm. of me wants to have people on the show who have found religion really useful for them.
0: Yeah, mm. some of it's just tradition. Like people call mm. themselves Catholic, but they don't do a lot, but they do the special things when they do it. Do you know what I mean? So like mm. like culturally it's important to a lot of Italians being Catholic and they do mass at Christmas and, you know, special little traditions with like um, special kinds of sweets at special yeah. occasions or but in you know, a way, that's... Things that are kind of cultural cultural and well, do you don't have to lose those cultural significances. No. Do you see what I mean? So I do. It's like do you wipe the slate entirely clean? I don't think so. I think you could keep those things. It's like we do Christmas, but we're not Christian.
1: Yeah, well, I was thinking more about people who have left a cult and mm. maybe finding a a religion that has helped them through that. Mm. That that's that's more the area I'm I'm sort of confused about but, I would say. how yeah, how but... how I should think about that journey, um, should I celebrate the fact that they're now out of a cult, but they're now into a system of belief that that is still actually harking to the same ideas, it's just less extreme? You know, what what Jehovah's Witnesses do is they, they take an extreme position on the Bible, let's say. Um, lots of religions, modern religions, don't do that. Um, but at the heart of it is still the same belief that the Bible is God's word and that we should do what it says it's just that Jehovah's Witnesses actually follow through with a lot of it, obviously there's an interpretations there about what they believe it to be but I think the problem is deeper, it's that do we want to use the Bible as our guide as our place to go to find morals and ethics, deep down I I don't, I don't think the Bible is the right place, mm. but I, on the other hand as a um, a secular person I, I still see the value and I support people to believe in their own religions I, I, and I want people to have that right of course I do but does that mean that I should celebrate and respect the, some of these beliefs and I, I sometimes struggle with that so I've just been really open and honest here and, and if you know there are opinions there that, that can help me to find my way through that then I'd be happy to um to listen.
0: Well, there we go then. <laughs> a long one. We've a very long one. On.
1: Yes. Um I haven't even covered all the stuff the, the other thing we've missed I wanted to talk about so maybe we'd do that another day is um beliefs around self and self limiting beliefs actually really mm. important subject so how people come yeah, to Yeah, that sounds like its own episode. So we'll do that another episode, day. Yeah yeah. Nice. So, um, so yeah, I think I think we're done. Thank you very much, Celine. Um, I've really you. enjoyed that talk today. It's been a long one. Hope you've mm. all stayed with us, everybody. Um, mm. It's been great talking to you, and uh, see you again next time.
0: Bye. Bye. What should I think about? Is an evil sheep production.